Victor Nieves Show. You've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. You've got to be your own man, not a puppet on screen. Here's Victor Nieves. Welcome back, my friends. Welcome back. My name is Victor Nieves. This is the Victor Nieves Show, and let me start off today by apologizing. I am sorry. I have not posted a podcast in a really long time. I want to say uh, I appreciate those of you who have stuck around. You haven't abandoned me or anything like that. I know. I'm sorry. It's been it's been a while. I have promised so many times regularity on these uploads. And listen, I'm just going to tell you right now, it's not going to happen. <laughs> It's not it's not going to happen. There will not be regularity on the podcast uploads. But when they come to you, trust me, they'll be good. Um, and they'll be fully cooked. Anyways, a little bit of, um, not that you asked, if you don't care about this, skip forward a minute. But uh, a little bit of a life update. I have moved from the great state of Missouri all the way down to the also great state of Texas. Um, I packed up all of my belongings in an old 2008 Pontiac G6 coupe and uh, drove about 12 hours down into the heart of Texas, and uh, that's where I'm at now. So a little bit of an explanation as to the the extended leave of absence, I suppose, whenever it came to uploading podcast episodes. Uh, but I'm settled in now, had to move into a new apartment, get used to some stuff, figure out a schedule. I also recently started a new job. I uh, work with a pro-life uh, nonprofit, do that, uh, fighting the good fight, man, do that every day. So anyways, that's my update to whom it may concern, to those of you uh, who, for whatever reason, may find yourself interested in a, uh, a little life update from me. Anyways, before we jump into the meat and taters of today's show, uh, which you can probably get an idea of what we're going to talk about based on the title of today's episode, but as always, I want to start the best way that I can. That's by attempting to bring glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to tell you one more time that there is no decision you could possibly make that is anywhere near as important as accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. We live in trying times, dangerous times, potentially the end of times. I don't know. What I do know is that your firm foundation should be Christ. When the things of the world go crazy, it won't shake you because you're not uh, you're not building your house on the sand. I know it's cliche. I know you've heard it before, but it is the truth. And uh, where you spend eternity is much more important than any of the political battles and, and the back and forth and stuff like that. But anyways, with that said, uh, let's jump into it today because there have been some developments. <laughs> Boy, is that an understatement. Since we last talked on uh, this, this podcast, we have a new Speaker of the House. It looks like uh, Matt Gates, very successful. Man, I was starting to wonder. I was questioning. I'm, I'm not too proud of a man to tell you I had lost hope, in fact. It had gotten to the point I thought, oh, no. Oh, this is going to backfire. We got rid of Kevin McCarthy. And, you know, I'm starting to think like, oh, Kevin wasn't that bad. You know, what if we get somebody worse? Because it was possible. Trust me, it, it could have been worse than Kevin McCarthy. And I'm thinking, oh, we're going to get some establishment shill. Jim Jordan got shut down. But then at the last minute, I don't know how this happened, the inside politics, I tell you what, Mike Johnson, 
this guy, Mike Johnson, fantastic. I did some research into him. Uh, we've had ample time to look into him now. Exceptional record. I mean, they have attacked this guy for all the right things. He's pro-life. He believes marriage is between one man and one woman. Talk about a stance to take in 2023. This is a social conservative's social conservative. I mean, this guy is right up our alley. He has a fantastic, like a 90% um, conservative review from these various different organizations that rank them and, and check their voting records. So Mike Johnson... Very, very high hopes. I tell you, I, I don't know for a fact. I mean, who knows? He's still a human being. But I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about the possibility um, of what could be ahead of us with Mike Johnson. So first of all, I guess, let's say uh, props to uh, to Matt Gates. A Hail Mary pass, and it worked out. Made a lot of people look like some real freaking buffoons, I tell you what. They were saying, oh, no, it's, you know, Matt Gates throwing a temper tantrum. We should have just stuck with Kevin McCarthy. Wham, shut up. <laughs> Matt Gates, man, I don't know. Like I said, I had lost hopes, but props to him. And other news, much less exciting than Mike Johnson being Speaker of the House. We have unfortunately just suffered another defeat um, when it comes to the pro-life topic and, and the topic of abortion we had Ohio issue one which if you saw any of my content leading up to that vote Ohio issue one was terrible horrible in fact one of the worst in the nation it enshrined abortion this is now passed so it's in the constitution of the state of Ohio it enshrined a quote-unquote right to an abortion and if you read the legislation just at a glance, you might think, oh, well, this isn't that radical uh, because it says that, you know, past viability, you know, abortion can be restricted, so on and so forth. And, you know, okay, that's not perfect. It might save some babies, but a lot are going to uh, still get aborted. But, you know, some people might have thought, well, that's a, a kind of a middle ground piece of legislation. No, 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 no. Uh, Ohio issue one had giant, I, I don't even want to call it a loophole. It was like the Grand Canyon, the language in this, uh, in this initiative. It was, of course, written by lawyers, like ACLU-style people, these out-of-state donors that poured millions into this. Every single word was intentional, and, and they do this to where it seems, um, you know, rather benign. You might read it and think, oh, that's not a big deal, but then they throw in these words like, for example, health. If you read through it, I, I know off the top of my head where it was. Article 1, Section 22, Article 1, excuse me, Section 22 of Ohio Issue 1 is where it talks about how, you know, the state can restrict abortion past the point of viability unless, you know, it comes to like uh, the life of the mother. Okay, that's fine. Life of the mother virtually never happens, you know, that latent. You can just give birth. But okay, you know, nobody really contests the idea that we have an exception for the life of the mother where that applies. But that's not where the legislation ends or the, the amendment ends. They add in health. You know, there's this word health. And you might think, well, that doesn't – what's the big deal? You know, you can have an abortion to protect the mother's health. Well, under current U.S. law, health includes mental health. It's quite literally not an exaggeration to say that it is entirely possible a woman could go to an abortionist and say, hey, listen, this pregnancy is making me very sad. I don't want to be pregnant anymore. I know I'm 27 weeks pregnant, well past fetal viability, but it's making me sad, Doc. I don't, I don't want to be pregnant no more. 
And that would be legal justification to have an abortion. So anyways, hopefully that gives you an idea of the scope of it. Not only that, it also included uh, you know, specific language that said individual, not adult, which says that uh, children can make their own health decisions, including gender transition surgery. So now in the Ohio State Constitution, uh, it's permissible for a child to go and get a gender transition procedure without their parents knowing. By the way, they can also get an abortion without their parents knowing because it doesn't say adult. It says individual. Sneaky language. Those are the the, the loopholes I'm talking about. Well, unfortunately, if you haven't figured it out by now, that passed. And it didn't just pass by a little bit. It was a massive landslide that it passed by. I, I don't say that with any joy. I say that with a lot of disappointment. It passed by like 12 or 13 points, which may not seem like a lot. That's a ton. That's a massive, massive margin, especially in a state like Ohio, a state which is a red state. So we got to realize something's going wrong. We're not doing something right when it comes to abortion. If you've been a longtime listener of my programs, you'll know that as soon as Dobbs happened and Roe v. Wade was struck down and overturned, Immediately, I started talking about the need for Republican strategy because I firmly believe abortion is a winning issue for conservatives. It sure doesn't look like it. It doesn't feel like it. We're getting our butts handed to us every freaking time. This is just the the latest rendition in a long, ever-growing list, it seems, of times where the pro-life movement has been spanked on these different issues. But it doesn't have to be this way. Listen, if we get our crap together, this is a winning issue. The science is on our side. The truth is on our side. And even the emotional appeals are on our side. But what happened is right after Dobbs, you had analysis paralysis. The GOP was not ready for a post-Roe America. Politicians had gotten away with making huge lofty promises, saying that they were pro-life and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But no one actually believed, or very few people, actually believed that we would ever live to see Roe overturned. So they made virtually zero preparations. They weren't ready for this. They didn't know what to do. So Dobbs happens, and everyone's like, uh, what what, what are we supposed to do? And so the immediate reaction from the top down within the, the RNC, the GOP, was just don't talk about it. Let's just like pretend that this didn't, didn't happen. Talk about stupid, okay? If you've read my book, you know how strongly I feel about the importance of framing. What the GOP, the RNC, and many of these you know elected officials did is they handed over to the left the keys to the castle. And they said, you can frame this conversation however you so choose. And they ran with it. Listen, they ran with it. They started immediately saying, Republicans are out to control your body, bodily autonomy, blah, 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 blah. Immediately they framed it in the way that best suited them and their agenda. And Republicans, not all of us, obviously, there were many people who didn't do this, but the most important ones, it seemed, unfortunately, Republicans sat on their hands. And they said, well, wait, what if... What if this energizes the Democrats? Well, yeah, it's going to energize the Democrats. Of course it will. But it can also energize the Republicans. And so what we have to do is we have to reevaluate. We have to reassess. Because what we should have done is instantly, we should have hit the ground running following Roe v. Wade. 
We should have capitalized on that. We should have established the momentum, taken the initiative, framed the conversation, and used it as wind in our sails. Instead, we literally just handed the football to the other side and watched them run down the field, and we're going, duh. Well, that's not a good strategy, okay? Unfortunately, I think, and I'm open to different opinions on this, but I think the window of opportunity that I had talked about for abortion to be a winning issue in that way has now, it has now passed us. Now we have to reevaluate. We have to figure something else out. And I see some of these people, they're so eager, conservatives, quote-unquote Christian pro-life people, they're so eager to throw the babies out with the bathwater, quite literally. They'll say, well, you know, abortion is losing for us. We're not winning on these, these races that abortion's involved in. So let's, let's move away from it. It's that same loser mentality of, well, let's just let the left frame it, and then we'll just say, oh, but, uh, but it's not a winning issue. No, you idiot. That is a stupid strategy. And by the way, even if we could win a couple more elections by handing over babies to the altar of Malak and allowing them to be sacrificed by the tens of millions, what would ever be worth that? Do you think a couple of house races are worth a couple more million babies being slaughtered? No, no, no. I don't know about you guys, but when I say I'm pro-life, I actually mean it, okay? There is nothing that could incentivize me to throw those babies under the bus and say, nah, it's all right. We'll just, we'll go back to not talking about abortion. We won't fight for the unborn. So that's not an option. I, I don't know who, I've seen so many people on Twitter who are saying this kind of stuff. Stupid people. They're stupid people. That's not an option to throw the babies out. Don't listen to anybody who says something that astronomically dumb. They don't have principles. They don't believe the things that they say. They're not actually pro-life. And if they're willing to lie about that for all these years, you, you probably shouldn't take them at their word for literally anything else. People who flake on their principles that quickly are not people to associate with. So what instead do we do? Well, we have to look at the data. We have to understand that we still took a gigantic win whenever we reversed Roe v. Wade. We have dozens of states that have completely banned or partially banned abortion, real, meaningful pro-life legislation in a way that we never even thought was possible two years ago. Now we're, we're talking about, you know, the national conversation is, do we do a heartbeat bill? What, what exactly? Well, when you look at the polling, the vast majority of Americans are not in favor of abortion. Not at least in the way the Democrats are. The Democrats want abortion on demand for any reason up until the moment of birth. That is their party platform. They have voted on it dozens of times. They will obfuscate and pretend they'll be intentionally obtuse and act as if they don't know what you're talking about when they're called on the carpet for it, but their voting record is undeniable. They are in favor of late-term abortion for any reason. This has become a sick satanic cult. Don't believe me? Ask the freaking satanic temple. They have identified it and even filed lawsuits claiming that this is abortion, a satanic ritual. That is the Democrat Party proposal. So what do we do? We point it out. We learn for once in our lives 
to go on the offensive, to stop trying to react and play defense and say, no, 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 we're not actually radicals. We're not this. We're not that. No, no, no. Enough of that crap. That's how we got here in the first place as far as you know, decades of losing. We have been given an opportunity to actually go on offense for just a second with a winning issue where science backs us, where morality backs us, where God Almighty backs us. Everything is in our corner, but we trip and we, fall, we stumble and, and we throw up all over ourselves like a bunch of babbling idiots. Because we don't know what to do. Okay, how about this? We go on offense for just a second. We start pointing out how insane they are. And by the way, we start donating some money. In Ohio, we were outspent three to one. We put some action behind all this talk. We put some money behind all of this talk. And we make them defend their own position. In politics, if you're responding, you're losing. Go on the offense. This is a winning issue. However, now that that initial window of opportunity has passed us, we're going to have to take a slightly different approach. Listen, I am as staunchly pro-life as any human being that you will ever meet in your entire life. But unfortunately, right now, if we get up and we call for a national abortion ban with no exceptions for rape or incest or anything else like that, if we call for a national abortion ban, it's probably not only going to fail, but it's going to hurt us. And I hate to say that because I would I would instantly, if you gave me a button, I could smack that button and, and ban all abortions with no exceptions for rape or incest and other stuff. I would do it because I actually believe, and it's not just my belief, I mean this is scientific, that the unborn are human beings. We don't make exceptions when it comes to a human being's life. They get human rights. They get value like anybody else. They're a child of God. You don't just exterminate them because they're inconvenient or the circumstance is hard. I don't care how you were conceived. You're still a human being. That doesn't somehow devalue you to the point where I wish that you could just be exterminated at will. So I know I don't support any of that stuff. But as much as I would love for us to pass a total abortion ban, It's just not going to happen right now. What we're going to have to do is reevaluate, gather our pieces, and figure out how do we chip away at abortion one step at a time. How do we fight for a heartbeat bill? I know that's not perfect. I know it's not perfect. It's far from perfect, a heartbeat bill. There's nothing that makes sense to me about drawing a line in the sand and saying, Well, if it has a heartbeat, it's a human because there's too many logical parallels outside of the womb. A heartbeat isn't what makes you a human being, just like the lack of a heartbeat isn't the thing that makes you not a human being. Otherwise, open heart surgery is a very concerning uh, moral dilemma. You've got somebody without their own heartbeat. What does that mean? They're still a human, obviously. So anyways, I'm, I'm not someone who says that that's the end of the road. We don't advocate for a 15 week ban. We don't advocate for this ban and then stop there. Okay, that's the crucial thing. We don't stop there. But listen, we're going to have to take this one bite at a time. We're going to have to get some national consensus with the full intention of pushing beyond it. We're going to have to move the Overton window. And listen, 
I say this because I know that it's not going to be heard by every single American in the entire country. I say this because I know it's not going to be heard by all of the Democrats. This is predominantly going to be heard by Republicans. But this is the strategy that we've been afraid to implement for a long time because people say, oh, well, we're not going to be like the Democrats. We're not going to say one thing and then, you know, tomorrow do another thing. Well, listen, if we have to advocate for a 15-week abortion ban and say, no, no, that's a reasonable middle ground. We'll go to the reasonable middle ground, 15-week abortion ban, and then the second we get it, we turn around, we start advocating for a, a ban at the moment of conception. That's what we do because we're saving babies, all right? I'm not one to oftentimes say, oh, well, the ends justify the means. Well, when the ends are saving babies from actual murderous, demonic abortionists, okay, yes, I I'm willing to say that we go for a 15-week ban, and then as soon as we get it, we double down and we go for a ban at the moment of conception. If you're with me, that's great. If you're not, understand that there's there's a there's a, a natural amount of strategy that is required to get anything done. There's a reason that the Democrats have mopped the floor with us for decades. Enough is enough. It's time to stop with that. Abortion is a winning issue. Let's focus on the areas where we are winning. We're winning with the vast majority of Americans when it comes to limitations on abortion. Maybe not a complete and total ban, but significant, meaningful, life-saving limitations on abortion. We get that. We can get that. There is no question in my mind. The national consensus is outstandingly in favor of what I just described. We get that. We allow the Overton window to shift. We allow the perception of the population to shift. And as soon as it does, we go a little bit further. And we go a little bit further. Unfortunately, we're not going to ban abortion overnight. It took a long time. From 1973 to what, 2022? It took a long time for us to just get rid of Roe v. Wade. Now we have 50 individual battles that we have to fight, but we're going to have to fight them and we're going to have to be smart. Otherwise, what we're going to do is we're going to overturn Roe v. Wade. And next thing you know, we're going to have 50 states in their freaking state constitution like Ohio where you can now abort a baby up until the moment of birth. Well, that's not exactly a win. That's quite the step backwards in the wrong direction. So we just have to be smart. But this is it's a frustrating topic to me because I worked very hard on Ohio issue one. I work every day in the pro-life world, trying to, to make as much of a difference as I can and save as many babies as I can. But we got to be smart. We got to be strategic. Anyways, with that said, let's, uh, let's segue real quick. I want to hit on this. Steven Crowder, he's a madman. I don't know how he did it. Big fan of his. In fact, some of you may not know this. If it weren't for Steven Crowder, I probably never would have gotten into making content at all. You can probably thank Steven Crowder for the fact um, that, you know, anybody has ever seen any of my content. If it weren't for him, I just, I have a feeling I never would have gotten into it. So anyway, Steven Crowder, the absolute madman, he gets access somehow to the Tranifesto, the, the document written by that Covenant school shooter in Nashville, and it's very obvious exactly why we never got access to that, because it was everything we thought it would be. This is full of anti-white racism, racial slurs and all of this stuff, liberal talking points, white privilege this, and, you know, very much so. It, it reads like something off of CNN, the contents of this Tranifesto. Listen, this shouldn't actually surprise anyone. There has been a concentrated effort 
by the liberal media to vilify and demonize white Christian conservatives. Enemy number one, they've told transgender people, NPR did this, to go and buy guns to defend yourself because the Republicans, the Christians, want to genocide you. They lied about what Michael Knowles said. And Michael Knowles says we need to eradicate the ideology. And they use it as a rally cry and say, oh my gosh, Michael Knowles wants to eradicate all of the transgender people. Wah, 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 wah. Well, you go to this population where 50% of them will attempt to take their own lives at some point, And you tell them that there's this group out there that wants to genocide them. Public enemy number one. What do you think is going to happen? You tell them to go and buy a bunch of guns? Great idea that was, NPR. You think this is never going to come home to roost? You think you can't spend years vilifying white people and vilifying Christians and doing it to a group of people that are severely mentally ill? You don't think you can stoke those embers a little bit too much? Well, you can, and we saw it happen. We saw it take the lives of innocent children and innocent teachers at the Covenant School. Absolutely horrifying. And what does the intelligence community do about it? They bury it. They tell us, yeah, we'll get the uh, manifesto out eventually. A couple months go by. Oh, it's, it's taken some time, guys. It's taken some time. Yeah, give me a freaking break. They were never going to release that. They had no intentions ever, ever to let anyone know why that psychopath went and did what they did. But the answer is, sometimes there's consequences to insanity, to collective insanity, the normalization of delusion. You go and tell people one day, oh yeah, no, it's, it's, you're totally, you're totally a boy. Uh-huh, for sure. Or vice versa, you're totally a girl. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. And, and, and anyone who disagrees with you is a bigoted, hateful, evil, awful, racist Nazi. Hang on, excuse me. They have spent so long calling us actual Nazis. And this isn't like me making something up. This is verbatim from them time and time and time again. Everybody knows it. Everybody's heard it. Donald Trump is literally Adolf Hitler. Republican MAGA supporters are literally Nazis. They're burning books because they don't want children to be exposed to graphic, disgusting, pornographic material. Huh? They say, Ron DeSantis and Republicans in Florida are outlawing the word gay. They, they, they make this fictional boogeyman in their head. And it would be fine and dandy if we were just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> look at those guys. They're so kooky, so crazy. You know, they're totally wrong, um, except their kooky, crazy idiocy. It actually has, you know, some teeth to it, and, it, and it's taking people's lives. If you ever wondered, Victor, why do you care so much about all of these social issues? This is why, because I saw this comment about five freaking miles away. You can't just completely destroy all of the pillars of a foundation, culturally speaking, morally and ethically speaking, and expect there not to be serious negative ramifications. You can't turn around and spit in the face of, for example, Christianity, which was the moral standard that the United States and the entire Western world has held since our inception. You can't spit in its face and say, oh, that's evil and awful. We're going to turn from that and run toward absolute debauchery and degeneracy and not see some serious consequences. Everything is downstream from culture. When you create a culture that is hedonistic and godless and honestly outright demonic as some of these communities and cultures are, this is what you're going to see and you're going to see it every freaking time.
Anyways, that's all I got for you today. To the handful of people who (laughs) may or may not have stuck around, I know it's been a long time. Hopefully this podcast was worth your listenership. I will do my best to get more of these out in the near future. Time alone will tell. We'll have to see. Stick around. Check back often uh, to continue... (laughs) to continually be disappointed whenever I have not uploaded. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll try and get some more out. Anyways, until next time, keep me in your prayers. Keep your country in your prayers. God bless.